0: Welcome back to the Radiant Podcast. And today I have my friend Melissa Kamara Wilkins joining us. She is the new author of the book, Be Who You Were Made to Be and Let Go of the Rest. And guys, you're in for a treat. I can't wait for you to hear this conversation. Hey, Melissa. Hi, Kelsey. I am so excited to have you on. I have been loving the message you're kind of releasing into the world with permission granted, and I can't wait for our Radiant listeners to get to know you today. So I would love for you to start by sharing who you are, what you do, what you're working on, and all the things you've got going on.
1: Thank you so much, Kelsey. I'm so glad to be here and to get to talk with all with you and then by extension with all your people. Um, yeah. I'm Melissa Kamara-Wilkins. I am a writer, I'm a mom of six in Southern California. I have this new book coming out, like you mentioned, called Permission Granted. And it is the story of how I learned to give myself permission to be who I really am in my life. Um, Cause I'm that person who, you know, I always could see all the things that were expected of me. You know, I could see all the life rules. I could see like all the things about how, how you're supposed to look and what you're supposed to say and what you're not supposed to talk about. And, um, how you're supposed to show up and how you're not supposed to really take up too much space or be too loud or too much. And I, I could never do it. Like I, I could try, but I couldn't ever actually meet all those expectations. You know, I always had too many feelings to show up as the person who was low maintenance and go with the flow. Like, that's just not me. And, you know, I could try, but I'd never do the right thing to say, or I, you know, jump in too deep or go too big or, you know, all the things. So I could see all that stuff that was required. It seemed like it was required to me. All those expectations, all those, like, just this is the way it is. This is how we show up to each other. But I couldn't do it. And so I felt like, well, if everybody else can get it together and meet all these expectations and I can't, I mean, really, that must mean everybody else is better and I'm the worst. Right? Like, just by by math, like, if everybody else can do it and I can't, um, I, just, I just, I must be the worst. So I, I started noticing that voice in my head that was saying that to me, like, you know, I lost my keys, like, oh, I'm the worst at finding keys. Or I forgot that guy's name. Oh, I'm the worst at remembering names. And I started to hear it over and over again. And I was like, you know what, what do you do with that? What do you do with that voice that says, you know, I think we all have some version of that in our heads, some sort of negative self-talk. And when you start to notice that it just, it shows up everywhere. And you're like, what do I do with this? So I was in that headspace of like, I can't get it together. I'm trying to pretend like I have it all together because it seems like that's what's necessary, right? If everybody else can do it, um, I need to at least look like I can do it if I'm going to fit in with everybody else. Um, And I went while I was in that place to listen to a girlfriend of mine speak um, on a stage. And I knew she was going to be talking about shame and brokenness and God and connection. And I was like, okay, so maybe she knows the answer, right? Maybe she knows what you do when everybody else has it together and you're the worst and you've tried fixing it, but like fixing, it doesn't fix anything. It just makes you exhausted because you can't change. Um, you can change lots of things, but like the things that make you who you are, you don't necessarily need to change those things, right? Those things are just part of you. Um, and so I went to listen to her speak and she was talking about how we needed to stop judging ourselves and judging each other. And she said she'd learned this thing from her mentor. Um, when she was in school that people are the way they are for a damn good reason right it's no surprise that you are who you are right now that you have a personality and a history and you know all all these things that come together to make up who you are in this moment and this person right where you are right now it's not wrong it just is like this is just where you are and you get to move on from here and i heard her and i thought Oh, yes. Like she is so right. All you other people in the room, you are all good. You are the way you are for a good reason. You do not need to judge yourselves. And as she kept talking, I realized, oh, she thinks she means me in this group. And that does not sound right at all because that is not how I was showing up to my life, right? I was not yeah. I was not showing up in my life as though I was the way I was for a good reason. Um, and so as I started to sit with that, i I realized, if that's true, right, if I am the way I am for a damn good reason, if I'm allowed to be this person, what does that mean for my relationships? What does that mean for how I talk to myself? What does that mean for how I uh, approach just my daily life, all the things I have to do in a day? And really, it changes everything. When I finally could give myself permission to be who I really was, that changed everything, all those different areas for me. And so this book, Permission Granted, is the story of how I came to do that, right? How did I give myself permission and what does it look like in all those different places?
0: I love that. So I can imagine that that wasn't just an overnight switch. Uh, how did you even get started or like consciously start thinking through, okay, what's next? Right. Yeah. No, definitely not
1: an overnight process. <laughs> and I think that like <laughs> Re- rewriting the scripts that you're saying to yourself and that you're believing about yourself definitely takes time. Yeah. Uh, and for me, one of the um, earliest switches that I made in that how I talk to myself was I started thinking about that word, the word yet, because I might not be where I am or I might not be where I want to be right now today, but I'm not there yet, right? I might not be happy with how I'm showing up right now. That's okay. I'm just not happy with how I'm showing up yet right? I always have the option of continuing to grow and change and, um, do things in a way that feels more right to me and more in line with who I really am. Um, so that idea of yet has been super helpful to me in the, in the self-talk piece of it, that when I hear those things come up where I'm like, Oh, again, I did that again. Instead I can switch that to, I didn't do that how I wanted to do that yet. Um, yeah. So I think there's that the internal work is a, a, at least for me, a really necessary place to start focusing where it's like, okay, what is all this junk inside me? What am I telling myself? What am I believing? Um, That's maybe not helpful to me. And how can I start clearing some of that out and replacing that with something that's more true, um, with something that's more fitting with who I am and how I was made to be
0: absolutely so you know you had this moment of realization but I want you also to take me back to that moment in the therapist office because one of your Mm. one-liners that I love is we're all faking it and we're all experts so before you had this kind of aha moment and this switch before that how did you even realize like oh I'm I'm not okay and I'm faking I'm totally faking it
1: yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, because that was how I coped with that. Like, whole. Hey, everybody else kind of has it all together, and I totally don't. So I must need to like put on this false front, right? Totally. I must need to 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 pretend and fake it and like do the best I can to look like I have it all together. Um, and there was a point where um, I I had just had a baby, um, and I was going through some postpartum depression, and it was a it was a very difficult time um, for me. And I started seeing a therapist, uh, well, actually, seeing a psychiatrist and a therapist, but the psychiatrist is more relevant to this, <laughs> this story. <laughs> um, and, and even that, like I did not have the energy to even make that happen. Um, my midwives found the psychiatrist for me. My husband set up the appointments and then delivered me right into the chair. You know, I didn't, I couldn't do it. But before I showed up to the appointment. I would get, you know, completely dressed and my hair done and makeup on so that I looked on the outside like presentable, right? That was how I I thought about it. Like, it was this is what you have to do to go out into the world. You have to get into this certain space where you at least look like you have it all together, even if the point of going out was that. I didn't have it all together. Like I was going to try to get help with the, all the things that were falling apart on the inside of me. And still I was like, let's make the outside look like I have it all together. (laughs) So I showed up in her office every time, you know, I would do this every, every week. Um, and after a couple of appointments, she said, you know, I don't care if you show up here in your pajamas. And I was like, that's nice. You know, that's totally irrelevant. Um, (laughs) because like, this is just what you have to do, right? Like I just, this is what I have to do. I have to show up as though everything's okay. I don't think I'm the only one who, who does that faking it on the outside. Um, that we just, we get into this place of like, well, if I, if I show you who I really am, you're not going to love me or you're not going to accept me or you're not going to want me around. So I better at least, you know, try to make the outside look good. And that psychiatrist said to me, you know, you're, Spending so much energy trying to look like you're okay that you don't have anything left to actually get better. Wow. Yeah, I had, and she was right, and I was so um, angry when she first said that. So I was like, "Do you not understand? Like, this is what I have to do. This is what's required. This is what's this is like the the price of admission for being a person is I have to at least look like I have it all together." And then I realized, no, she's right. Like, I don't have energy to do both. I was using all everything I had to look like I was okay. There was not one ounce of energy left for actually doing the work of getting better um, or focusing on that or even like listening to what I needed. There was nothing um, for me to to use in that healing work. What's the point? What was the point of that? I was feeding that false image of who I was. I was giving everything into that pretend self instead of taking care of the real true actual me on the inside and for what you know people can't connect with you if you are just that external self right And we don't we don't connect on that surface to surface level we have to go deeper to be able to have real connection to other people to have real connection to ourselves to be able to hear our inner voicing like hey this is what you need or this is who you really are this is what's next for you you can't hear any of that if all of your energy is just going to into making the outside look good
0: right so i mean that's a big switch to make though because you're not even consciously operating out of you know i'm putting all my energy into looking great on the outside and dying on the inside like no one's consciously thinking that but so many of us do it i've certainly had seasons where um I do that. I actually even think of, I don't know if you saw rocket man without John in it uh, or the, <laughs> the, the story about Elton John, but the scene where he's just smiling in the mirror, like trying to force himself to smile before he goes out on stage. And like, so often we adapt and just put the smile on before we consciously realize like, Oh, I probably need to like rewire my entire way of being. So in that moment you felt angry, how long did it take for that to sink in and you just say, you know, okay, like, where do I go from here?
1: You know, for me, it was really quickly, like within minutes. I was, I had this flash of anger. Um, and at that point, you know, I was, I was in a deep depression. I was not feeling really much of anything. So that flash of anger was um, very obvious. Uh, it was very unusual. Like, oh, hey, strong feeling happening here rather than just flat. Um, And so I was able to go, what is that about? You know, anger is not my go-to response usually. And to realize like, "Mm, she's onto something. Yeah, (laughs) uh, She knows what she's talking about here. Um, And you know, the other thing is, it just was so, it was so true. Like she was so naming my experience at that moment. That was where I was putting all my energy. Like I could, once she said it, I could see it. And so I was able to say, okay, she's right. Um, Then how do I then choose? What do I choose to do with that and how do I choose to show up from there? Um, That took a little bit longer of practicing and figuring out because the thing is, if you've been doing that, if you've been showing up like everything, I have it all together, everything's great on the outside, when that's not true on the inside, right? When you have it all together on the outside, but you're falling apart on the inside, the people around you think everything's okay, right? Everyone around you thinks everything's okay on the outside. That's what they expect because that's what you've given them. Told them, like, this is who I am. I'm this shiny, happy person um, who's, you know, holding it all together as best as I can. And so choosing to then show up and say, yeah, I was, you know, kind of lying <laughs> about that. My whole way of being was not actually true. Um that's hard, right? It's hard to do. It's scary. And for some people, they connected with you as that person you were pretending to be. And so this this other person that you actually are is not what they signed up for. So for me for me it was a season of a lot of things falling away because they weren't the right things for me um and they weren't they weren't people who had signed up for that for who I really was because I was pretending to be someone else. It's hard and it hurts um but it's it also kind of makes sense, you know, that we can only connect with each other as we're presenting ourselves to each other. Yeah. And if I wasn't being my real self, Then the the people I had connected with as that not quite real self, you know, maybe we're not the right people for me to be um, in deep relationship with when I finally was able to say, you know what? I can't do that anymore. Here's who I really am. Here's what I really need. Here's what I really think.
0: Oh, Uh, man. Yeah. Well, that sounds like a pretty powerful moment of transition. Um, And I think a lot of our listeners can probably relate to a season like that. I know I certainly can. Um, Haven't had kids yet. So different scenarios. But... You know, what did that look like when, you know, obviously you're on the mend, things are looking better for you, you're feeling again, you're stepping into who you really are, you're giving yourself permission to be the fullest version of yourself. But mm-hmm. I've heard a few times in the last few weeks, and it's it's really stuck with me, the phrase, with every transition comes loss, even the good transitions. So Absolutely. this is obviously a positive transition for you kind of taking a step towards healing everything I just said, but Mm -hmm. you also lost, you know, relationships you have been investing in because they, they no longer serve. You probably no longer served each other. Um, all the things, what did that look like? And was that hard? Because obviously you're making positive steps, but also experiencing loss.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's so hard and you know i think those kind of lessons those kind of seasons come around again and again over your lifetime like i think it's kind of a cyclical thing that as we come to a new transition again we experience some of that same loss and recalibration um so i don't think it's like a one and done thing for one thing but um it was a hard and in some ways lonely season because I was able to say, this is who I really am. Um and I love the idea that when you say, This is who I really am, that you can start to find the people who connect with you and who you can connect with on that level. But the truth is sometimes that takes a long time. And the first thing that happens is you find out who doesn't really mesh with you. Um, And so for me, it was a long time of walking through that, okay, this thing I thought was right for me, not right for me. This, these people probably not my people. And I had to get to the place where all of that was stripped away and it was just me alone with me. Well, you know, and my husband and my kids and, you know, my, my, uh, very close inner circle. But outside of that, I had to get to the place where I was like, I'm okay with me. I know who I am and I'm going to be this person. Even if nobody else is cool with me, you know, even if the places that I thought I could find connection, I can't find connection there anymore. And, when you get to that place, it's what Brene Brown talks about as that wilderness area of like, you have to belong to yourself first before you can find belonging with anybody else. So I had to get to the place where I knew I was I could trust myself to bring my whole self out in whatever situation, um, where I could trust myself to tell the truth about who I was and how I was and what I was thinking and feeling. I had to get to the place where it was like, I trust me, I know who I am, and I can Bring this person that I really am with me wherever I'm going. And then, after all of that, it didn't matter quite as much how easy it was to find connection because I knew I was okay, even if, you know, this group of people doesn't really fit with me or this activity isn't really a fit. I knew I was okay with me, you know, and I would be there for me, even if it was hard to find those other connection pieces. So that made it a little bit easier than to to, you know, go out into the world and say, this is who I am and this is who I am. And eventually, (laughs) eventually things start building back up again, right? Eventually you do start finding like, oh, this is a connection for me or, oh, this person or this group of people really gets me or I get them or we're able to be there for each other, not because we're exactly the same people, but because we're showing up on that same level of telling the truth about who we are and where we are and what we're going through.
0: Absolutely. So how long would you say that process was?
1: Oh, gosh. Um, probably from that time in the therapist's office, probably I went through about a year of dealing with that. Um, and then even on the other side of that, I got back to the place again where I realized I was doing it again, where I was like, oh, I'm, I'm sh- trying to look like I have it all together in new situations and had to strip back again. And that was probably another year long of, of going, nope, that's, <laughs> I can't show up like that. I can't, up like that. Yeah. I can't show up like that. I have to be who I really am.
0: Totally. And, and really, I mean, the trade-off is when you really play that long game, wait it out, really take each step day by day to show up as who you really are. The payoff is so worth it, but it's, it's long to walk out. I mean, like a year yeah. feels like an eternity when you're in the messy middle. It feels like the blink of an eye on the other side, Absolutely. But in the middle, it feels hard.
1: It's so hard. And it, it I think it's um, it's tricky because once you are on the other side, you're able to say, "Oh, this is such a simpler way to live, right? Like I don't have to keep track of other people's expectations and who wants what and who thinks what and how do I show up in this environment, that environment? Like you just this is it. There's the one self, and this one self is coming with you everywhere you go. But it takes a lot to get there. Like you lose community sometimes, you lose friendships, you lose the activities that seemed like the anchors to your day. Like you can lose a whole lot of things." that are those outer identities, that they're not our core self. We don't truly need those things, but we think we do. And so we hold on to them so tightly. And the stripping away is just painful and hard. And from the other side, I can say like, oh, yes, I needed to go through that. I, I, I'm i so glad that I got to the other side of it. But I don't want to minimize how hard that is and how scary that can be.
0: Totally. It is. It, I, I 100% agree. And I actually feel like I'm kind of in the middle of living out some stripping away. And really refining, I know it's going to be worth it because I've done this before in different, you know, expressions, but this feels like maybe the most grueling expression of that I've ever been through. And so, um, I get it. I feel like I'm living it and I love hearing kind of your journey through this. You're listening to the Converge Podcast Network and now a message from a network supporter. This podcast is sponsored by Denison Ministries. Denison Ministries is a movement creating 7 million culture-changing Christians who are committed to carrying out the truth of the gospel to their sphere of influence through a variety of ways, which is why Denison Ministries is excited about sponsoring what God is up to on The Radiant Podcast. One of the cool ways Denison Ministries helps Christians feel closer to God is through their First 15 devotional. First 15 is designed to help you spend the first 15 minutes of your day experiencing God through meaningful. Devotional, scripture, worship, and prayer. Grow closer to God this new year. You can sign up to get the First 15 email devotional sent directly to your inbox at 1st slash subscribe or start your day off with the First 15 devotional podcast anywhere you listen. I know that you came up with five tools to kind of help you get comfortable in your own skin. What did those look like? How did you come up with them? And what are the tools?
1: Okay, so um, those tools are things that we talk about in the book in different ways. They're kind of things that I came to realize your listeners can actually get like all those things on my website. So it's, if you don't need to feel like I have to take notes right now or anything like that, we can you can go and get that at, <laughs> um, get that all later. But um, before I even start with that, I just want to respond to what you were saying a minute ago about, be, about being in the messy middle. And when I was writing the book, my hope was so much that when you are in those places, that you would feel seen by the book. You know, you'd read the book and feel like I'm not alone. I'm not the only one, um, and that it would feel like a place of of deep connection. Because of course, I never want anyone to have to go through any of those hard things. It'd be great if we'd never ever had to, but if we do, um, I really want us to be able to find connection in that place. You know? Yeah. But back to what are the five things? One big one for me is redefining what you should do, right? That idea of should, I think we all know that should's a really powerful word. And we talk about, you know, like we hear it, if you're listening, like listening for it through the day, I think you hear it so many times, like just a million times a day, people say it really casually, like, oh, you should try that new coffee place, or um, you should really watch that movie, like all these little things. But for me, like I used to hear that as a to-do list, like I either needed to do the thing that you said, or I needed to um, come up with a good explanation for why I wasn't going to do that thing that you said. <laughs> yeah. Right. And so I think that so for me, reframing that, I finally realized people are not trying to give me a to-do list, right? When we show up and we're having coffee together and you're like, oh, you should join that spin class. You're not literally making me a list of here is what you must do. You're not giving me an assignment, Right. You're telling me something about you. You're telling me about something that you love or that you find value in, um, something that's really important to you and that you think might also be good for me. But honestly, you're mostly just telling me about you, right? Like, this is this great thing for me. And when other people tell me what I should do, I can just listen to them because they're telling me about themselves. So I don't have to do anything with that. I can just say, I hear you like, oh, tell me all about that. Did you, you know, what did you love about that? What did you get out of that? And so if I reframe it from that, it's not a to-do list. The assignment is just to listen and be present. That takes away all the weight of that should that I'm hearing throughout the day.
0: Yeah. That is
1: good. That one's been so helpful to me in just reframing because I was, you know, always a good student and I wanted to, um, do all the things that were that I'm supposed to do all the things in the assignment, but that's not the assignment. The assignment isn't to literally do everything everyone tells you to do. Yeah. So there's that. And then, you know, one more I want to tell you guys about, because this has been just transformative for me, um, is making an enough list. So I used to, I love lists. I used to be really good at like making that super long to-do list of like every single little thing. And for me, I would get to the end of the day and then I would have this really long detailed list of everything I hadn't done that day. Because I always can think of more things to do than there is actual time for in a day. Like that's just, that's just how physics works is there's, (laughs) I have more imagination than I have minutes in the day. Um, And so I would get to the end of every day and feel like I didn't do enough. Um, And for me, it's just like, it's this tiny little leap from like, I didn't do enough to I'm not enough. So I knew I had to come up with a better way of planning for my day and, um, making sense of like, what do we do with this time that we have? If I can't do everything, Because I can't do everything. And I decided I would make an enough list. So I was going to pick just the three, about three things that were enough for today. So every morning I would take my tiny little notebook and write in there, just, these are the three things that are enough for today. If I get to these three things, I did enough. These are the things that are most important to me. So that I didn't put like all the urgent stuff on there, right? Make lunch doesn't go on the list. These are just the three big things that I would regret not doing by the end of the day, or that I'd be really proud of myself if I got through by the end of the day, or the things that I most valued, or that would make the most difference in moving me ahead in some area, you know, moving, moving along the path. Um, Just those three things. And then at whenever throughout my day, I would have the thought like, okay, what am I supposed to be doing next? I'd come back to those three things. And so they would stay um, the focus of my day throughout the day. And at the end of the day, I could look back and say, did I get to those three things? Um, And most of the time I did, because it's just three things. And if I didn't, that's okay, right? I get to give myself grace and say, well, you know what? Today went off the rails, but Tomorrow's a new day. Yeah. So it's this neat little practice in like giving myself grace, um, but also redefining like that my long to-do list and me being super productive does not decide whether or not I'm enough. Um, and the other thing I love about the enough list where I'm saying these are my three things for today is that over time, I can start to notice patterns in what I'm putting on that list and what I'm not putting on that list. And if something is really important to me, but it's never making it on the list, I I'm aware of it, right? And so those things that really matter, they don't have a chance to just slide to the back burner and never um, get tended to because every day I'm saying, these are the three things, these are the three things, these are the three things. And if something matters to me, but it's never getting on that list, well, okay, tomorrow, maybe that thing
0: needs to get onto my list. I love that. And honestly, I, I need to put these practices in for myself because even, even the should assignment, you know, mm-hmm. practice. Mm-hmm. That is such a good tool for me because sometimes I don't really respond very well to people telling me what I should do, yet mm-hmm. I still feel obligated to fulfill it. And so I don't, I, I recognize I don't like it. Like my body responds with like tenseness or tension. Um, I don't like the word should. I don't respond very well, but I love to make everyone around me happy and comfortable. So even like if someone sends me a video they think I should watch and I don't really have time, I feel obligated to watch it to fulfill what they told me I should do. As simple as that. And it becomes something looming that I don't even want to do that, you know, that's just a very very simple trivial example but that's a regular part of my day-to-day life and mm-hmm. it I love the reframing that in the sense of it really just gives us a window into what that person is really passionate about and what care what they care about and it doesn't mean anything about us
1: yeah absolutely and the thing is you know that one video is just a tiny little thing but if you add that up over the course of the day and everybody, you know, and all the things that people are sending to you or saying to you or tagging you in or, you know, that come into your life, it adds up
0: quick. Totally. It, it, I mean it's like I like get three videos someone wants me to watch a day that are family members my husband mm-hmm. you know everyone and I'm like I can't I can't and then I just leave the message there till I finally check it off my to-do list just because I should do it not because I actually want to do it
1: yeah sometimes I'll respond to say thank you for thinking of me because they did they thought of me that was really kind um, and I maybe can't watch it but you know thanks thanks for thinking of me and, and loving me in that way
0: yes oh my gosh that is fascinating, just a fascinating small observation, especially for me, because that that really helps me identify some areas where I make certain things so big that don't have to be nearly as big of a deal.
1: Yeah. And you know, at the end of the day, I'll say to my husband, what was that thing you sent me? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't have time for that, but what was that? What was important about it? And then he'll just tell me the one sentence like, oh, I thought you'd like this," And I'm like, thanks. Cool.
0: Yes. Yes. Thank you for the one sentence. Concise. Uh, Cliff Notes version of what you thought I should do. Um, yeah. and I just love, I mean, people, for those of you listening, you can dive into the book, Permission Granted, to get the remaining tools. But she has five incredible tools that are her kind of main focal point to really get comfortable in your own skin. But also, like you said, Melissa, they're on your website, Um, What has been, you know, the heartbeat behind this book? What have you heard people say as they've gotten a chance to dive in and review it? I I love hearing like what people take away from it. Yeah,
1: absolutely. So the thing that I'm hoping people get out of this is... Permission to give yourself permission to be who you really are. You know, I think that so many of us are stuck in that place of trying to meet expectations and um, trying to be who others think we should be and show up in the way that people expect us to show up. But really, you're the only one of you we've got, you know, and if you aren't showing up as that person, if you aren't even in touch with who that is, we're missing out um cuz you have something to to bring to the world that nobody else does and um the things that i'm hearing from from my first readers which by the way how fun is that like you write the book by yourself like in a little office for 2 years and then suddenly it's on the world and it's like oh my goodness there's real people that are on the other end of it um the things that i'm hearing are the connection pieces where people are feeling really seen um in particular in some of the things we talked about about the um those stories from the psychiatrist's office and a of feeling you know not like I'm not enough in my life or I'm not okay how I am or who I am and I'm hearing a lot of resonance there people feeling like they had to fit in um in order to belong when that's absolutely not true. Fitting in and belonging are entirely different things. Um, and when we are faking it in order to fit in, we're never going to create true belonging because we're never connecting on that soul level. Um, and we have to actually stop trying to fit in before we can start to create belonging for ourselves and for other people. Um, so those are some of the things I'm hearing back from readers is like the, the places where things are really resonating and where they're feeling seen and understood. Um, and like we can make new choices around belonging, around how we show up, around how we take in that should, you know, all those expectations and ideas from other people.
0: I love that. And I I mean, again, I know this message speaks to me personally, especially on that should piece, who I should be, what I should do. I love to be a good girl who like meets Mm -hmm. the bar of expectations, but like, What do I really want? Who do I really want to be? Um, Because then I'll be able to show up and serve everyone better when I'm my fullest self.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, all those shoulds are so noisy in our lives. Like you were just, we get email after email and you get Social media things, or you're being tagged, and people are talking to you, and just the people in your actual physical life that are giving you good ideas. It's not like they're not good ideas, um, but it's all so much noise that it's really hard to get quiet and hear that still small voice inside you that's telling you what's the next right thing for you to do. Uh, I think that's so important if you're going to show up as who you really are. Because you can serve from that place of, like, I should, I should, I should, I should, and just keep running and spinning your wheels, but you will burn out you know, you, you'll be a placeholder instead of a person because you're not showing up as your whole self and you'll burn out doing all that stuff. But if you can get to that stillness first and listen for like, who am I? What do I care about? What's the next right thing for me to do? You can, when you are in that place, you can serve the world from that place of um, true connection of like, this is your authentic self. And you're showing up as that person in the world. You start to see what that person has to offer. And you start to see how that fits in with what else is going on in the world around you so that you can be showing up and serving people from a sustainable place instead of from a um, place of like, you know, erasing yourself in order to fit into all the roles that are are expected around you. Ooh,
0: girl, I could hear you talk about that all day long. I have lived that and then I've relived that and then I've relived that. It's kind of like you graduate to new tiers of refinement of like, okay, now I'm going to have you upgrade just a little bit of your life in this area. So I've certainly gone from that at church, being the golden girl at church and saying, you know what, I think I hear God better for myself than, you know, all the people tell me what I should be doing in this Mm -hmm. next season of life. Or, you know what, in my career, I don't think that's aligned, even though Industry standards say that's what I should be doing. And so, Mm -hmm. um, I, like I said, I love to meet kind of expectations for people to be a good girl or whatever's viewed as the best. Um, Mm -hmm. but this has been a big lesson in my life that I I have to keep coming back to. And so when I got hold of your book, I was like, Oh my gosh, this message speaks so much to me. And I think it's going to speak to the radiant listeners. Can you tell everyone where to find your book, how to keep up with you um, and how to follow along? Cause I think this message will certainly speak to them as well.
1: Oh, absolutely. Thank you so much um, for all of that. So you guys can find me at Melissa dot com. Or at um, permissiongrantedbook.com. That one's maybe a little bit easier to spell. Um, permissiongrantedbook.com. They'll take you to all of the book stuff and all of the me stuff and all my social media is connected there. Um, Instagram's where I hang out the most. Uh, and that one is also Melissa. Um, on Instagram, it's at also Melissa. Because there's there's a whole lot of things going on in my life. And then there's also me. Yeah, like, I so. love that. I love <laughs> that. That's me- <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. So I'd love for you guys to come to connect there. There's all kinds of fun stuff on the website um, and you know, ways to connect, ways to get back in touch with yourself. All of my my favorite best tools um, are all there. So you guys can can have that and start on your own journey of giving yourself permission to be who you really are.
0: Well, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your heart and your message and just releasing this into the world so that we can benefit.
1: Cozy up for the holidays with 60% off
0: everything at Banana Republic Factory, including soft sweaters, comfy pajamas, must-have gifts, and more from $9.99. Find your nearest store now, only at Banana
1: Republic Factory. Get 50 through 70% off almost everything at Gap Factory
0: and GapFactory.com. Plus, shop new doorbusters for the family, including outerwear, jeans, and our Gap logo crewneck sweatshirt. Find it all at Gap Factory or
1: GapFactory.com through December 14th.